0: 2 3
1: All right, welcome back Holy Messes to another episode of a Holy Mess with his Holy Mess Father Paul. Uh this I you know what, I've lost track track of of counting how, like what episode this is. Uh, this is a, a first though. This is a first because this is the first time that I'm in my studio, that I'm in my office, and that I have a guest where it's also gonna be on video. So this is the first time. Usually, uh, most of the time, I'm interviewing people when they're like in another state, and the entire thing is done on the computer, so it's easy for me to just upload that onto YouTube. But in my studio, when I have somebody come, uh, normally, it's just audio only because I don't have any cameras. So this is my first time of attempting an in-studio, also video podcast. And I'm here with my very good friend, Father Havy Hercules, who's the pastor of Our Lady of Lords in Mountainside, New Jersey. Father Havy and I, we were in the college seminary uh, many, many, many moons ago. Uh, he was there one year before me. I believe he entered in August 2004.
0: That's right. Yes. All
1: right. I entered August 2005. And for two years, because I was in the college seminary for two years before I did four more years in the major seminary, uh, Father Havy and I sat right next to each other uh, every single day uh, in the chapel uh, during mass, uh, holy hours, morning prayer, evening prayer, night prayer uh, at St. Andrew's College Seminary uh, at Seton Hall University. Uh, That was back in 2005. And here we are, almost 20 years later, 18 years later, in 2023, and by the grace of God, we're both Catholic priests. Uh, I was ordained in 2011, Father heavy was ordained 2012, and uh, this, this guy's the real deal. Uh, he's a really holy priest, he's a great man, and he's a very good friend, and I'm blessed to be able to be his assistant uh, on the weekends at his parish. Uh, so Father heavy uh, welcome to uh, a holy mess studios, which is truly a holy mess. Uh, and uh, and thanks for being here. I'm really excited to have you.
0: Thank you so much, man. It's a pleasure to be here with you. And I just want to tell you once again. You know that I tell you this, but I want to tell you again that you are doing a wonderful job. I think through this uh, podcast, you're uh, evangelizing, and it's all about that, right? We became priests to celebrate the Eucharist, to hear confessions. But also to evangelize to bring the gospel to to the world right because that's, that's what the great commission is all about go out go therefore, and make disciples of all nations right so I, I really um, I really want to 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 tell you once again man that you're doing a great job with this podcast so um, I'm happy to be here with you
1: no thank you thank you very much and uh, by the way, so if you're liking this podcast so far uh, I want to say thank you very much uh, if you have any Comments, suggestions, uh you know, ways for me to like, you know, get the green screen to work better or perfect lighting, or maybe you have some interest in helping out with some social media or some marketing or possibly some editing, let me know uh, at his holy mess podcast at gmail.com. That's his holy mess podcast at gmail.com. If you want to go to our YouTube page, it's at Father Paul Hulis, Father Paul Hulis on YouTube. Uh, please subscribe, please share the videos. Also, you could get this podcast anywhere where you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, uh, and Spotify, you know, all these other things. So uh, thank you for that. And uh, if you want to donate, I'll leave the links into the uh, show notes. Uh, but we're just here to, to, to have a great time today. And we are going to focus on the Holy Spirit. Because Pentecost is just in a couple days now. Yesterday was Ascension Sunday, it used to be Ascension Thursday in our diocese. Now it's moved to Sunday, and this upcoming Sunday is gonna be Pentecost. And if there's anyone that I wanted to talk about the Holy Spirit with, it's Father Heavy Hercules. So come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, enkindle in them the fire of your love, send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. So, Father Havey, a lot of people, you know, they, they definitely know about Jesus Christ. They definitely hear about God the Father. And yeah, they've heard of the Holy Spirit, but I think that he's like, maybe like the most unknown, you know, or maybe people think like the most you know, I don't know, inadequate, not as important as Jesus, not as important as the Father, which obviously couldn't be further from the truth. So my first question to you today for our views, viewers and listeners is, uh, who or what exactly is this Holy Spirit, and, and why is he important? And we'll give you the next 12 hours to answer. Sure, that's sounds long.
0: good. <laughs> I don't need 12 hours, but the best way to describe to me, the best way to describe the Holy Spirit is to say, you know how, how many times we heard about the love of God, right? People tell us, you know, that God loves you, right? And we heard it so many times. So the Holy Spirit is the manifestation of the love of God the Father and Jesus Christ, right? Because when uh what we celebrated yesterday at the Ascension, right? Jesus was saying that he had to go back to the Father, right? So that he and the Father could send the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that's what it means when we talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit. It means that we have an encounter with the love of God the Father and Jesus Christ and we get and we grow in our relationship, in our friendship with the, with the Holy Trinity. That's what it means to, to, when we talk about the Holy Spirit that, you know, it, it's amazing because it, it's somebody, it, it's someone that we get to know little by little you know day after day moment after moment and it's so beautiful when you become aware of 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 what it means to live that life in the holy spirit that it is not boring to live a life in the holy spirit is not boring it's dynamic There's say a, a uh, you know it is really because if you remember from from acts of the Apostles chapter one right when jesus said you will be clothed with power that's what he said right you will be with, clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit, and you know what the the the, the original word means. That like the the Greek word for powers comes from the word dynamite. 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 Really. That's what it means. So, so you're going to gonna
1: be clothed with dynamite, the dynamite of God. Yes, exactly. All right, that's the power of the Holy Spirit.
0: Exactly.
1: Now, was the Holy Spirit always like did the holy spirit always exist you know because we believe in a trinity right and we say the father and the son and the holy spirit or some but sometimes we hear that like jesus was born of the father and that the holy spirit descended from the father and the son but is the holy spirit also god was he always with the father and the son
0: yeah he always existed we know that that's why the holy spirit is is one of the persons of the holy trinity right and we we forget about this right when we profess the creed what do we say that he spoke through the prophets right and we and we say all these different things about the holy spirit but what does it mean what does it mean for me to be in a relationship with the holy spirit where are the consequences you know that only happens we only become aware of that reality when again We have had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And yes, the Holy Spirit has always been there. But if we go back to the Old Testament, right? We know that um, not everybody received the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? It was uh, the prophets, they received the Holy Spirit. Uh, Some people, the kings received the Holy Spirit. But there there were promises throughout the Old Testament that they 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 said that one day one day uh everybody oh you know that people uh would receive the gift of the holy spirit and that's exactly what happened on the day of pentecost when the outpouring of the holy spirit manifested on the 12 and the blessed mother
1: well, you know, hold on a second, and I say this not because I'm asking this, uh, I'm more of like, you know, uh, trying to, you know, ha- think of questions that people listeners to us are going to say. So we're coming up, and we're celebrating Pentecost Sunday when uh, the apostles, they were praying in the upper room. This was after Jesus, uh, not only just after he rose from the dead, but he also ascended back into heaven, which we just celebrated yesterday, and Jesus said, I must go, so that the paraclete or the advocate, right, which is the Holy Spirit, may come. And on Pentecost is when they were praying in the upper room uh, and the Blessed Virgin Mary, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, right? I don't want to give too much away because I want you to talk about it. The reason why I bring it up is like, but wait a second, if we celebrate that on Pentecost, I mean, you're talking about the Holy Spirit even being present in the Old Testament, even before. So I just wanted to clarify for everyone, it's not like... The Holy Spirit only came down for the first time ever at Pentecost, right? The Holy Spirit always was. That's and, right. And I don't think we hear about that enough, uh, even in the Old Testament, you know? Even when God created the heavens and the the, the world, right? Uh, th- through his, uh, what's the word in Hebrew for spirit? Ruach?
0: Ruah, breath of God. His that's breath that's of what it is. Right? Yes.
1: He breathed and 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 things were created there was nothing and then there was something by the power of the holy spirit right you know so but why do you think like what makes pentecost so special why did jesus have to go in order you know for the paraclete to come i mean uh what what can we speak to that why well, he can i must go so the paraclete i'm a what did he mean by that
0: well again i think uh Pentecost, you know that it was one of the Jewish uh, celebrations, right? That it happened every year, and they celebrated the the gift of God when God gave the law to the people, and they also celebrated the the harvest, right? But we know that the relevance of Pentecost is not something that just happened 2,000 years ago. It is something that still happens. It's something that is meant to happen. It is something that Every Catholic should experience a new Pentecost because, you know, um, we can can go throughout the whole history of the church and all that, but think about how many, the saints, right? The saints, they, I'm sure that all the saints had a personal Pentecost. What do I mean by this? So think about St. Benedict, for example, right? If you think about the historical context, when where where saint benedict lived right he was about 19 and he was offered this education to go to rome and then he he sensed this calling from god that god was calling him to to do something else with his life right and that's when he decided to go to the desert to live in a cave right he was not planning to be the father of of western civilization if you think about it that that was not that's what that was not in his mind but he said yes to the prompting of the holy spirit and and look look at what happened Uh, you know he started to attract more followers and eventually the monasteries and, and and one monastery and then they started to grow and see how much we have benefited right from from the life of saint benedict and again saint ignatius of loyola think about it have you ever thought about that saint francis xavier right why would somebody like St. Francis Xavier who had a great education, he was a smart man, why would he leave everything behind in order to go to India to evangelize the people? He had to be touched by the power of God. There's no way that he would have done it without that encounter with the person with the person of the Holy Trinity. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So basically, I mean it's not really possible. What you're saying is that it's not really possible for us to really live this this christian life without the holy spirit it's it's literally impossible you're you're talking about living a life in the spirit right i mean because <clears throat> the apostles they were all hiding they were all hide- they were they were all afraid they were they were in a sense being very cowardly they were not going about proclaiming jesus christ proclaiming the kingdom of god Until the Holy Spirit came upon them, filled them with courage and wisdom and knowledge, right? We talk about the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, which we'll get into later. But it wasn't until the Holy Spirit came down upon them as tongues of fire filled them, and then they went out and proclaimed the gospel eventually to the four corners of the earth. Right, right. Yeah, you know? So what is this whole life in the spirit thing, right? Because in one sense, there's this thing that we'll eventually get into about the charismatic movement and the charismatic renewal and living life in the spirit in that sense, right? But at the same time, the Holy Spirit has been around before the charismatic renewal, right? Right. Before the charismatic movement. So some people, when they hear this, they're like, oh, well, you know, some people, uh, they're like, well, I I, I don't, you know, I don't really like that charismatic thing you know what i mean i don't i don't need the holy spirit in in that way Mm -hmm. but the holy spirit is for not the holy spirit is not for charismatics the holy spirit is for human beings the holy spirit is for catholics is for christians and even in the old testament right it's for god's people right so what can you say maybe to the people that might say well you know that whole, you know, charismatic thing. Like, how does the Holy Spirit still apply to anyone and everything, and why is that important?
0: I think what happens is that there, there are a lot of misconceptions about this. There's a fear. You know, we are afraid of what we don't know, right? There's, we are afraid of the unknown. Yeah. Or maybe sometimes what can happen is, you know, as you were asking that question, right, so you know what passage came to my mind? john chapter 3 right you remember that 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 time when nicodemus right who was a teacher of the lord right he was an expert in in, in religion right he came to see jesus at night and they're having this dialogue and then jesus is speaking about the holy spirit right yep. and then jesus says to nicodemus that the holy spirit is like the wind right think about the wind is the, is is the wind something that you can control no, not at all. You cannot contain it, right? So to live a life in the Holy Spirit means that you have to be willing to surrender. And you know that that's not easy, right? When we, when we tell the Lord, Lord, I no longer want to be in charge of my life. I no longer want to try to control everything in my life. Now I will allow you to to, to talk to me right I, i'm willing to listen to why you have to tell me so that i can do your will right that's not easy but again we cannot do the will of god without having we we do have the holy spirit if i can say something about that paul father paul if you if you if that's all right so of course yeah
1: absolutely. so when
0: we speak about the holy spirit right so we cannot speak about the fruits of the holy spirit the charisms and the gifts of the holy spirit without speaking about you know this is a language that maybe a lot of catholics are not are not comfortable with right but um the 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 popes have used it uh pope benedict pope francis john paul ii uh they spoke about what is called the baptism in the holy spirit okay all right so the baptism the baptism in the holy spirit this is what it basically means right so you know this is what i tell people in my parish right so you know that the day when we were baptized i don't remember do you remember i mean we were babies when we were baptized yeah, right no
1: i have no idea. Zero. right
0: right so and when we're confirmed can i read something about what the catechism says about confirmation
1: of no you can't read anything from about the official reading of the church of course come all on.
0: right all right <laughs> okay so catechism the catechism in number 1303 says the confirmation it gives us a special strength of the holy spirit to spread and defend the faith by word and actions as true witnesses of christ to confess the name of christ boldly right think about that what it says isn't that powerful but when you think about the reality right how many confirmations have you attended so far? Can you? I like I have been to so many confirmations, yeah. right? And what happens sadly that like the kids is like their graduation, right? They don't come back to church anymore, they're, they're, they don't really get it, although they have received this power of the Holy Spirit. But this is so, this is what it means to receive the baptism, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It means that the grace that you already have it's already there it has to be released it has to be unleashed so that when that happens then you start to discover what it means to be loved by god you become aware that god is not somebody who is up there in the sky so far away from where we are no he's with us so the the word paraclete right the word paraclete means a lawyer what you know a lawyer that's one of the translations so paraclete means that we have a lawyer think about how powerful that is
1: is the holy spirit crooked
0: no no (laughs) no
1: (laughs) just kidding so in what way is the holy spirit kind of like a lawyer
0: well think about the moments when you feel powerless right the moments when you feel that you need guidance have you ever felt that way that you know that you know those moments when you feel like lost yeah. that you need direction right so the holy spirit acts as somebody who is there to give us counsel to give us advice on how to make the right decisions on how to live the spiritual life right so that I, that's that's what it means
1: so we need somebody to kind of defend us, to be an advocate for us, and Jesus is saying that that's what the Holy Spirit is gonna do for us. Sure, sure, yeah, So much so that like the Holy Spirit still guides the church today, you know what I mean? Like It's not just a man-made institution. Jesus didn't just say, okay, uh, apostles, um, I give you in charge of this corporation or this company. The church is a living, breathing organism. Uh, right? Guided by the Holy Spirit. It literally is the body of Christ. And um, Christ's body has a spirit. The only thing that separates body and spirit is death, okay? And uh, Christ is body and spirit. He rose bodily by the power of the Holy Spirit. He ascended into heaven. But before he did, before he did, after he rose from the dead, he breathed on the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, he breathed on the apostles and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Whoever sins you forgive are forgiven them. Whoever sins you retain are retained, right? And then that wasn't it. Then they're all praying after he ascended into heaven and the Holy Spirit came down upon them, as we said earlier. And that is still with us when there's ordinations to the priesthood, literally from the time of the very, very, very first apostles who were the very first bishops, the first priest, literally every single priest is ordained by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is literally a direct lineage. When a priest is ordained, he's ordained in persona Christi Capitas, in the person of Christ that head. It is by the Spirit of God that Father heavy and myself Our Catholic priests, when we celebrate the Mass, we don't take regular bread and regular wine, right? We call upon the Holy Spirit to make them bread and wine. It is Christ Himself. Um, So uh, this is is how it pertains to to not just the priest, but to everybody, because the the Holy Spirit is literally power, is power. As you said earlier, and the Holy Spirit guides us, the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom. What are the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit? Do you know them all? Because sometimes I mess that up. Yeah. I, I know a couple of them off the top. I, I think I know all seven off the top of my head. Should yeah. I go or you want to go? Uh, you go in and then I can help you. All right. So uh, the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom. Okay. The Holy Spirit gives us knowledge. All right. The Holy Spirit gives us understanding. Now... I'm tempted to think like, well, those three sound like exactly the same. You know what I mean? Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. But there's actually some different things about it. Then the Holy Spirit also gives us number four is counsel. Okay. And then the Holy Spirit gives us courage. That's five. The Holy Spirit gives us fear of the Lord, or some people call it reverence and awe. Right. And then the Holy Spirit gives us, I believe, piety. piety correct. Right. So that's those great. are the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Things that we don't have to just do on our own. They're gifts given to us. So do you want to speak about that? About, I mean, I know there's gifts of the Holy Spirit, there's fruits of the Holy Spirit. Um, so whatever you want to say about that.
0: Going back to the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, so that's something that we receive when we receive the sacraments, right? Going back to baptism, right? And we can also mention the, the three theological virtues, but there is so much that we can talk about, right? But again, the important thing to know about the the, give, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit is that they are meant to help us. They are practical, right? We have to remember, again, that the Holy Spirit it's somebody, it's someone that is with us, right? That he wants to be part of our lives. You know, that the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, each one of them is meant to help us in different situations of life. I wonder how many people actually believe that about the Holy Spirit, that they are practical. The way to see it is that it is the way how God equipped us so that we can live the spiritual life, so that we can bear fruit, right? Because, again, going back to the gospel, when Jesus says, you will know a tree by its fruits, right? Think about that, right? What do you do? I was thinking about this the other day, right? Let's say that you plant a tree, right? And you are hoping that, you know, in a couple of years, let's say that you plant an apple tree, right? You planted, you take care of it, you make sure that it doesn't have... Past and if 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 there's some you get rid of them right. What happens if that tree grows, if fully develops, and you never get apples? How would you feel about that? I would not be happy with that tree.
1: No, not at all. Right.
0: No life. So the same way, the spiritual life is meant is supposed to be fruitful, right? We're supposed to be to manifest the love, the, the life of God wherever we are in life.
1: All right so how can people get more of the holy spirit in their life
0: so pray you have to ask for it you have to ask for it you have to we have to be humble right we need to have humility we have to to come to realize that you know i cannot do it on my own like a lot of people believe that you know oh yes uh I I got it like I am in control of my life and and you know that that's not the truth right we need we need to acknowledge that we are creatures and that we need that power that comes from the Holy Spirit so we have to pray for that for that grace for a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit
1: okay all right Father Haby, I don't want to uh I don't I don't want us to just teach about the Holy Spirit I want us to 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 hear about how the Holy Spirit has worked uh in your life and in the life of others so it's important to teach but uh i think also giving testimonies is a very beautiful and a very powerful thing so uh what role has the holy spirit had personally in your life
0: i gotta go back to the time when i was 19 so um i came to this country when i was a teenager right i I didn't go to mass to me life was uh, mass was boring I never went to confession I was not living a a catholic uh, my my catholic faith right so after high school my goal my 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 dream was to go to the army right but it didn't work and so I was at home I was like depressed I was like not knowing what to do with my life think about it I was 19 right without direction and so one of my friends from 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 high school invited me to go over to 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 uh, to a retreat for the weekend, right, and I was there that was in new york and i was when I was there, you know there were like young men and women preaching the gospel in such a powerful way in a way that I have never heard it before, and as they were as they were preaching about the love of God, about sin about the the Holy Spirit. I felt that my heart was being touched and I just started tears coming out of my eyes and I just started to feel this joy. And, and I remember saying to myself, I want more of this. I want more of this, right? And Saturday night, I vividly remember, right? So they're praying for about 300 young men and women, right? And as they're praying over me, I just had this powerful experience with God, Right, I'm there and I am so overwhelmed by this presence of God. I felt so loved by God that I told God, You know what I told God? I said to Him, Lord, I want to die right here. Really? Yes. Why? I felt like I was in heaven. Really? Yes. I said, I told the Lord, Lord, again, I felt so safe. I felt so embraced by this presence of God that i i i i i I remember saying it to the lord lord this is what i have been looking for my whole life and you have given it to me right and so i need i didn't really understand what was happening but i'll tell you one thing so the retreat finished right yeah and i came back to my family and i started to pray with them not knowing about the bible the catechism about theology i was ignorant But I knew that I had received something, right? And I wanted what I had received. I wanted other people to receive the same, right? So I started to gather my my siblings. I come from a big family. And at night, I would ask him, like, do you guys want to get together so that we can pray? And we will pray. And the Holy Spirit started to touch him. Right, and, I, and then I, I got involved in my, in my home parish. We started a, uh, a prayer group. I started to evangelize. I, I, my life was completely different. Right, And then I was serving the Lord in my, in, my, in my home parish. And then like a year and a half later, more or less, I started to feel that like God was calling me to go deeper in my relationship with Him. I started to feel that like He was calling me to become His priest. And I remember, you know, I'll tell you, so so I entered the seminary, right? And I remember when I was, I had been in the seminary for maybe one or two months, and it was very difficult, very challenging because, again, I have a poor education. But when they asked me, why do you want to be a priest when we had those um those um those meetings when we had formation do you you remember that right when we got together in different groups and they asked me the question why do you want to become a priest and i just said it like this without even thinking about it because i knew that that was the truth because i know that jesus is alive in the eucharist i know that he is risen and i know that he can do so much in our lives and so You know, he gave me the fortitude, right? Talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He gave me the fortitude. He consoled me a lot. He was so close to me that he gave me the strength in order for me to persevere. Uh, And and then I I finished my philosophy philosophy studies and, and, and then theology. And then I became a priest. And in my priesthood, I have seen the power of the Holy Spirit in so many different ways.
1: Wow. And it all started 19 years old, just going on a retreat. Yes. Was that retreat in and through, like, the charismatic renewal? Yes. Okay, so we spoke a little bit about the before. I just wanted to focus on, like, the Holy Spirit before we get into the charismatic renewal. But what is the charismatic renewal? What is the charismatic movement?
0: So the charismatic movement, again, there's a whole history, but you know to 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 explain it in a nutshell right we have to go back to i believe it was in philadelphia uh, that university i cannot remember the name of the university when a group of catholic students they they were studying theology and the acts of the apostles and then they were praying for a new outpouring of the gift of the holy spirit because there, there were other groups that already had received this outpouring of, of the Holy Spirit. So they wanted that. They wanted that more of God, right? And so they started to get together, and they had a retreat. And then they, they received, again, went back to the baptism in the Holy Spirit, right? They were baptized in the, in the Holy Spirit, and they started to experience the charisms of the Holy Spirit, what we heard about in the, in, in the Acts of the Apostles, Right? and so after that you know more and more catholics were baptizing the holy spirit and now there's like millions of them all over the world and they are the ones that are really being the witnesses of the resurrection they are being the witnesses that jesus christ is the lord
1: so now but you're saying like baptizing the holy spirit and i and i know what you mean but what is the difference between being baptized right because you can, you know, you're you're baptized, but then we hear about this thing in the Charismatic Renewal Charismatic Movement, baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know, are they connected at all? And if so, how are they at all different?
0: So, again, going back to our sacramental theology, right? We have a beautiful theology. It's so beautiful. It's so rich. We know everything that we receive on the day that we were baptized, right? But, again, that is... You know, a good way to put it is, you know, to think about that you have this gift, right? You have this gift, but you have never really opened it. So you don't know exactly what's inside of that of that gift, right? So to be baptized in the Holy Spirit means to, to open that box and to discover what's inside. That there is so much, you know, that you can discover. So going back to our theology, right? So when we when we were baptized, we received the three theological virtues, right? Faith, hope, and charity, right? The gifts of the Holy Spirit, and all the theology. We became members of the body of Christ. We 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 enter. We we became part of of of, of the church, right? And there's again, it's so beautiful, but again, we need this. We we have to experience this release, this unleashed uh, of this power that mm. is the Holy Spirit.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, because obviously, like, I was baptized and I was confirmed, but for many, 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 many years, I was not living a, a life in the Spirit. Um, is being baptized in the Spirit the same as living life in the Spirit? Uh, are they two different things? Uh, are they similar?
0: Is basically the same thing so
1: okay all right yeah all right so baptism in the spirit living a life in the spirit by the power of the holy spirit same thing so you were 19 years old uh you you felt the spirit of the living god okay yes. now there's these things called the the we, we talked about the gifts of the holy spirit in, in terms of like wisdom and knowledge but there's these other gifts of the holy spirit that saint paul talks about uh especially in the letter to the corinthians that are still some gifts, but maybe not the seven that we know of, right? Right. Uh, uh, The gift of tongues. The gift of uh, interpretation of tongues. So, can you explain, like, what what are these things for people that might be like, well, you know, what wh- what does that mean? That's that's weird. That 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 that's crazy. You know, what it what is that? What is resting or being slain in the spirit? What is receiving the gift of tongues? What is the interpretation? What what are these other gifts of the Holy Spirit?
0: So, these were present. You know, if you go back to the fathers of the church, right? You have to remember something. So, we often forget about this reality that in the first second century of the of the in, in the church you know adults were baptized right we know that they had they had to have a preparation of three years right they had and we had to remember that they were pagans most of them they came from pagan religions right so they knew that they were going to 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 have to make a decision to 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 leave that religion and to and to follow the lord jesus christ right so there was a whole preparation and 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 i read in a book recently that i believe that it was the last couple of weeks when the bishop would meet with them with the catechumens right and he would give them a catechesis he would instruct him you know and he would explain to them uh, you know what it meant for them to to live the life in the, in the Holy Spirit and also the charisms, right? And when you read about what happened when the catechumens were baptized as adults, it's amazing because guess what? They started to speak in tongues, they started to prophesy. So what we read about in the New Testament, that was normal. That was a normal experience in life in the life of the church.
1: Really? Oh, yes. So it's not just some new thing from the 60s or the 70s of the 1900s. Oh, no. This was happening normally in the life of the church. That's important. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Why do you think these 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 charismatics kind of get like a little bit of a bad rap? Why is it kind of, even sometimes, I mean, you talk about the seminary, right? Like I went into the seminary yeah. and I was like on fire with I the know. Holy Spirit. Yeah. And if you want to hear, uh, I, I literally just talked about this uh, in the Easter episode. There's an episode called, is heaven for real, for real? And I, in that episode talked about my experience with being slain in the spirit and with uh, receiving the gift of tongues. So you could go back to that. I'm not going to rehash that right now. Uh, But when I went into the seminary, and I did also say something like this in that episode, uh, there was a seminarian that came up to me that was not charitable about me being, you know, charismatic, or uh, he said, uh, um, charismatic stinks. <laughs> uh, and he didn't use the word stinks, okay? So, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he said charismatic sucks. Um, and here I was, this is somebody studying for the priesthood. So why sometimes is there this, like, kind of bad rap with it? I think uh, that
0: sometimes there's um, again there's um ignorance there's um, there have been abuses you know by some people not everybody we cannot we cannot say that everybody has done it but with anything else, there have been some abuses when some people uh, who have been gifted in this area have abused uh, you know uh, by trying to you know, for example, to manipulate other people because they know that they have these charisms. But we we could we cannot believe that these gifts are just meant for holy people either. That's a misconception too. That for a long time a lot of Catholics believed that these these gifts, these charisms were just meant for the mystics. Yes and no, because all the baptized all the baptized the Holy Spirit wants to give is charisms because what is a charism if you think about it the word charism the the root word is charismata which is the same root word as grace right pure grace from the holy spirit not for you not for not for me but for the good of the church hmm. that's what saint paul says in the in the letter to the corinthians he says he's talking about the charisms And he's saying that we are the body of Christ. We need each other if you think about it, right? God wants us to walk together as as, as his people, right? And so if if you receive a charism and I receive a charism, it is not for me so that I feel good about it and then I can brag about it. But no, it's for me to use it so that I can help you, so that you can be blessed through me and you can bless me through your charism right Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. how it is that's how they are supposed to work
1: yeah and not everybody has the same charism no right there are many different charisms there are many different gifts uh saint paul's there's many different parts of the body so just because like if you haven't received the gift of tongues or the gift of prophecy or you know you're not levitating five feet in the air doesn't mean that christ doesn't love you or that you're not holy you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Some people, our hearts, are they're on fire with the love of God, and uh, there's no none of these external signs or, or, or gifts. Uh, everybody has a place in the church, every single person, regardless of what charism or, or gifts that you have. So you said that you've, you've seen uh, the Holy Spirit work in many different ways. You gave one example of your life. I, I'm wondering if you could share any other personal example of your own life of the power of the holy spirit but certainly what are some of the most profound uh experiences that you've seen the power of the holy spirit in the life of others
0: so let me tell you something so i think we talked about this movie i don't know if you went to watch it i think uh the name of the movie uh was the jesus revolution
1: oh no you i haven't remember? seen it yet you no i want to see it i want to see it
0: you gotta watch it's really powerful based on a true story so 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 let me share with you the story so i went to watch the movie right and so that was my day off and the day uh the day after that i went to 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 the chapel where i usually go to to pray in, fro- in front of the blessed sacrament right i i do that i i like to be in silence i like to to adore jesus in the, in the holy eucharist right so as I, I as I am thinking about the movie right I'm praying with it so I get I got these images about Lonnie Frisbee, uh, the main guy in the movie, right? And you know what it started to to say this bird in my in my interior, right So I started to tell God, Lord, I want to take risk. I want to be able to be bold, not to be afraid. And, and so I started so this is what happened right? So I'm in the chapel. I'm about to finish my holy hour. And then I started to get this craving to get a coffee, a cup of coffee, right? It's
1: praying, it's right. praying makes you desire coffee? Right. So that's ka- okay. it's kind
0: of weird, right? A human thing, right? There's nothing special about craving a cup of coffee, right? Well, I
1: don't know because Archbishop Fulton Sheen said that coffee was the eighth sacrament.
0: I agree. He did, okay? I agree. <laughs> so, <laughs> I and agree. I'm
1: starting to believe that too. Yeah.
0: Yo, so, so going back to the story, right? So I went to this place... And as I am parking my car, right, this young man came around my car. I could tell that he was a homeless probably, right, a, a young kid, right? And he's trying to get my attention. He tells me, you know, um, you know, he's asking me for money, right? And at that moment, I wasn't sure if I wanted to talk to this guy, right? I wasn't sure. But then I thought about my prayer before, the prayer that I had said in the chapel, right, that I wanted to take risk to, to be able to evangelize, right? So I told this guy, okay, let's let's make a deal, right? So I will go get some coffee, and I will come back, but I will pray over you. Can we make that deal? And then he he agreed about that, right? So I went to get my coffee, and in the parking lot outside, like, I pray over him, right? I started to pray, to asking the Holy Spirit to bless him i don't know what happened to him but i i knew that i had done the right the right thing and then i gave him some money right but the 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 point of this story is that it is only when we're able to take risk right when we're able to look like fools in front of others that we can be the instruments of the holy spirit
1: fools for christ
0: yes fools for christ Yes. yeah
1: so was there any type of fear within you like oh, is somebody going to see me? Is this going to look weird? Like in your humanness, was it like, oh, I'm a little embarrassed to do this in public or were you just completely confident in the spirit?
0: Well, at that moment when I was praying over this young man, I was not just thinking about the people around me. In the beginning, yes, but I was able to overcome that because I knew that it was like a divine appointment. You know, it was like something that God meant to happen so that we yeah, yeah. so that I could bring the gospel to this young man
1: amen amen yeah. praise be jesus christ yeah praise be jesus christ um uh what what, what else what other uh some uh, powerful things that uh that you've known maybe from retreats or uh stories that you've heard in your own life in the life of others
0: sure i have uh i have testimonials uh so let me tell you this story this is so powerful that a lot of people may not believe it but this is so true, right? So about a couple of years ago, I went to a different state, and I was with somebody else. We were giving a retreat, right? There were about 600 people, and I knew that the power of God was at work, right? But at one moment, we're having a time with the Blessed Sacrament with Jesus, right? And so at one point, I had this woman, right? holding her cell phone up like this, right? And I kind of felt uh, uncomfortable with that, to be honest with you. And then later, when we were done with the Holy Hour, I asked her, like, um, what were you doing? Why were you holding your phone like this? And then she told me that her sister, who was in Mexico, had cancer, stage 4. And she wanted her sister, who was in Mexico, to see Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, right? To me, that was very touching. It was a lot of faith, right? So I didn't know what happened at that moment. I wasn't sure what happened. So about six months later, I went to the same state, and I saw this woman, and I asked her, so how is your sister doing? And she came with tears in her eyes to tell me, my sister was healed from cancer. And you know what? She showed me the pictures. She showed me the pictures of her sister when she was dying. She was so skinny. And she told me, you know what? What the most beautiful thing about this is that she is now serving God. So you see, when we receive a healing, and I have, I'm just thinking about the other healing that I've received.
1: Okay, go ahead.
0: All right. Yeah. See, when I start to speak about this, uh, I, I I remember more things that happened. It's so, good
1: because I didn't prepare anything.
0: Yeah. So 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 uh, I share this. Um, I haven't shared this with everybody, in my parish. So as you know, I mean, well, you don't know, but you know, Father Paul, that I'm a runner, right? I, I run to try to be to try to be healthy and and all that, right? So I have been doing it for a couple of years now. So back in March. I started to experience this pain in my lower back. Mm. And even when I walked, I just knew that there was something wrong with my back. And I was worried because I could not run anymore. And even when I walked, I just felt the discomfort and, and I was really worried. I said, I don't think I will be able to run again. And I was, I was, I was being affected by that. Right. So then because I wanted to get well, I went to see one of the a, one of the best doctors in New Jersey, right, to get a diagnosis. So I went to see him. Then he told me that I had this condition. He prescribed some medication, some tests, and all that. And then I started to take some medication. It was not working. I still felt the pain, right? And I was um, I was I was invited to go to preach at this retreat, that's the Saturday that you helped me, that you had something in my parish for the Day day of Recollection. Yeah,
1: yeah, for the Rosary Society. Yeah,
0: so I was there, and again, we were praying in front of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, and I'm praying for the people. I'm just asking the Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, heal your people. You know how much they need you, whether it's something physical, spiritual, whatever, right? Whatever that might be. Touch and blessing, right? I was not praying for me, right? So the following day, I came back to my parish. I was very tired. I was so tired, but I had a lot of joy, right? So when I was celebrating the Eucharist that Sunday, you know, because of the moment when you know the moment of consecration when you raise the host and the chalice, I will feel the pain. And that Sunday, I remember that I didn't feel the pain, right? But I just. I didn't really pay attention to that, right? So later that day, when I'm on my treadmill, I'm walking, right? And I'm starting to move to the sides. I didn't feel the pain, and then I started to run. But then I had this joy. These tears were coming out of my eyes because I knew that it was Jesus in the Eucharist that healed my back. Mm. And, uh, and that was so powerful because that really has helped me to have more faith to to know that god loves us that he wants to heal his children right and and so i started to pray over people in a different way since then i think uh, you know i have been taking more risk
1: yeah wow speaking of praying over people uh at your parish first of all thank you for sharing that you did share that with me once over a cup of coffee and it's leading me to wanna talk about something uh, that happened to me uh, when I was out in Omaha, Nebraska at IPF, the Institute for Priestly Formation. Um, And so uh, I'm gonna ask you a question about your healing masses that you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was at the the Institute for Priestly Formation uh, in the summer of 2008 in Omaha, Nebraska, it's a a program that many dioceses send their seminarians for a 10-week spirituality, Summer, and it honestly is probably the best thing that the seminary ever did for me. One morning, I woke up and, and, and it felt like somebody chopped off my arm like my, my shoulder and my arm. I had such shooting pains, shooting, shooting pains in my shoulder. I couldn't lift my arm. It was killing me, killing me, killing me, killing me, killing me. Okay, um, I, uh, I went to the doctor, they didn't know what it was. I went to get x rays. Uh, they couldn't really see exactly what it was, frozen shoulder, whatever it was. And all of a sudden, uh, Father... Um, uh, uh, John Horn? Yeah, no, no, no. The uh, Monsignor Esif. Oh, yeah. Monsignor oh, Essef yeah. from oh, yeah. from the Diocese of Scranton mm. and Dr. Margaret Schlintz. They, mm. they announced oh, yeah. that they were going to do uh, 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 prayers for healing this one afternoon, right? Prayers for healing. So I went... And I felt like a little weird just to say to say, like, oh, I just need healing for my arm. But I went, and they prayed over my arm. I don't remember if it was him or if it was her, but one of them, they prayed over my arm, and I'm telling you, pain gone. Mm-hmm. Pain gone, was able to move it. Like, didn't do no medicine, no, and I'm not, I'm not against medicine or doctors, right, I am. Right, right. I'm just telling you, they prayed over my, my, my shoulder, pain was gone. Or more of an intense thing, Uh, in the, back in 2004, 2005, I was suffering immensely from panic attacks, panic attacks, Mm. panic attacks, hardcore, hardcore panic attacks, struggled with it for years since the year 2000, right? Uh, on and off medication, stuff like that. So, uh... I I, I, uh, I I pray, you know, there's another couple that I wanted to invite on this, Dan and Caroline Dirks. And one of the reasons why I wanted them on is because of the role that they've had in my life, not just as friends, but as charismatic healers. Mm. Um, they prayed over me back in 2004 or maybe 2005 for 45 minutes. The two of them prayed over me specifically for healing of panic attacks, for healing of panic, I'm telling you right now, I did did not have another panic attack after Mm -hmm. that. I Mm -hmm. did not. This is the this year 2023 Mm. is the first time that i ever had a panic attack Mm. since 2005. Mm. so what is that 18 years no panic attacks at all when i was constantly constantly struggling with them big time uh why you know why i'm having it in 2023 i don't maybe it was an 18 year old uh 18 year loan that jesus gave me and now i gotta go and get prayed over again i don't know Um, but there was power and there was healing for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. So um, do not underestimate the power of miracles and the power of healings today, of physical healings. When we pray over people, we don't pray over them in our name. We pray over them in the name of Jesus Christ by the power of his Holy Spirit. So uh, talking about that, at your parish, Our Lady of Lords in Mountainside, a couple months ago you started this healing mass on the first Friday of every month. What exactly is that?
0: So a, a a mass is uh, it's called a healing mass or, or a mass with with a healing service, right? So basically, it is a, a mass where we have um, a regular mass, but at the end of it, what we do is that we we expose the blessed sacrament. And then we have praise and worship, and when then we offer individual prayer, we, we offer to pray over individuals. And so what we do is that those who want to come, again, that's a risk, right? To be vulnerable, to say, you know what, I need God, right? They come forward, and then we lay hands on them. So And we pray so that God may touch them, right? Mm. And so it's beautiful what happens because, again, it's not just physical, It could be emotional. It could be panic attacks, right? And and you know what? I often think about this, you know, like the same Holy Spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead. He resurrected a whole body. Think about that.
1: A dead body.
0: A dead body, right? How many times do we think about that? And, you know, he's able to to bring healing to our lives maybe we think that it's something impossible that there or or sometimes what happens i want to mention this because i was talking to somebody recently sometimes we we have a lie in our heads and the light says this there is no way that you can get healed because you don't deserve it you're a big sinner god only heals holy people that's a big lie That's a huge lie, right? So we have to amass the enemy, right? I I want to mention something Why I'm bringing this up because I will not give the details, but somebody shared with me something that she experienced in my parish. She told me that she was able to see now. Her sight was restored.
1: She was blind?
0: She had difficulties. She could not read before. And now she was telling me that she was able to read a bulletin.
1: So someone unable to read is now capable of reading. Right. After the healing mass.
0: That's what she told me, right? So, and then she told me, she told me the whole the whole thing. And then at the end, she said something to me that was kind of, I said, I gotta use this as a teaching moment because she said, I thought that I didn't deserve this, like I'm not worthy of this. And then I said to her. No, that's a lie because, yeah, we don't deserve anything, but God is God, and he loves us so unconditionally, and sometimes we don't get it, right? We don't get that we are children of God, that we have a Father that cares for us, and that he gave us the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, right? So there's a lot of lies sometimes that become obstacles, you know, in our healing, they become obstacles in our in our in our healing.
1: Yeah. Amen. Amen. It, you know, you said that line that the, the very spirit that raised Jesus from Christ in the dead, right? Yeah. So Saint Paul, they made me think of that scripture passage. Uh, Saint Paul says something like the very spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, dwells in you. That's dwells right. in me. Yeah. The spirit that raised Christ from the dead right. dwells in you and me okay now i have heard that the the the, the power that must have raised a dead man mm. back to life mm. was even more powerful than a nuclear blast mm. there was something some scientific study about the the Shrata Turin or uh, right. with, with right. um and I'm going to do an episode on the shroud of Turin too the the burial cloths of Jesus Christ and you know the imprint that was on that shroud uh, it's not just a painting it's not just some soils left over it, it's the result of this atomic blast that right, went off right, okay right. so when I had the opportunity to preach at some confirmations a mm. couple I'm like dude not dude but like you know right. to the to the to the boys and girls about to receive I said what you're about to receive is the, the spirit of the living god like when god when there was nothing, God breathed, and then there was everything, right. like that spirit. That's the same spirit, that cre- the very same spirit that created uh, creation, that breathed life into the very first human beings, that brought a dead man back to life,
0: Amen. Dwells
1: in you yeah. and dwells in me. Right. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Praise be Jesus Christ now and forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: Amen, brother.
1: Amen, amen. So the Pentecost was not just for the apostles, you know, 2,000 years ago. It's for us. And you are uh, have been doing a novena to the Holy Spirit, right, nine days before the Feast of Pentecost, this is something that we can do. This episode is going to come out tonight. Today is May 22nd. Pentecost is this upcoming Sunday. So, okay. It, oh, it's only seven days away instead of nine. You can still catch up. So I encourage you. You could just Google any you know, novena to the, the the Holy Spirit or Catholic novena to the Holy Spirit or any prayer. The Holy Spirit wants to dwell in you. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to merely want to be your friend. He wants to be your advocate. He wants to be your lawyer, your pure lawyer, now, (laughs) I'm just messing with lawyers, okay? I'm grateful for him now. uh, And um, uh, he wants to be your power. I mean, the Holy Spirit is your God, all right? The Holy Spirit is God, just as the Father is God, just as the Son is God, okay? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So let the Holy Spirit fall upon us. Let there be a new Pentecost in our life which gives us courage and gives us power, gives us knowledge, gives us wisdom, and gives us... uh, the fear of the Lord and counsel, and I probably messed something up because this is a holy mess. Uh, I'm grateful about this episode. The video on here has been a terrible mess the whole time, uh, and so you might only be getting the audio. To those who are watching the video, I'm sorry. This is why I need to get a better studio, better cameras, better lights, and all this stuff, but this is the first time that we're doing a live video in my studio with somebody else father heavy has been absolutely amazing encouraging empowering Uh, i'm telling you he's a holy man is there anything that we can plug for you at all anything that 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 you want to recommend or or anything like that i think that you should start something bro Uh,
0: what would that be i think uh i think the fact that i started to celebrate this mass with a healing service i think that it will take Sometime but the way I see it is that the Lord has called me now to plant seeds right to invite people right to invite him that this is available that the Holy Spirit is alive that he's real that he wants to equip us right that he wants to show us how to live a life in the in the Holy Spirit so can I share with you a testimonial that Uh, you know you mentioned that we're having this novena and again that was something that came to me through my prayer life you know thanks be to god i i I have my chapel and i pray to the holy spirit every day to give me the wisdom to guide me lord what is it that you want for my community Uh, what is it that you want because I, i see them as my children all of them even though they are older than i am but i do see them as my children i feel like a like a spiritual father, you know that I'm, you know that I'm there to Amen. to Amen. serve them and to pray for them, right? So, a parishioner shared this with me. She, she sent me an email, and I would like to share it with you. It's about praying the novena, right? It's right. beautiful. So she wrote, dear Father heavy just want to tell you how influential your suggested novena to the Holy Spirit is to me and thank you for offering the booklet for all the parishioners i began earlier than requested mostly because i always felt rather separated from our third person in the blessed trinity and was eager to deep for and i was eager for deeper guidance the little booklet is amazing for me truly helping me to know him with tears of joy and gratitude wow
1: praise be jesus christ man Yes. Praise be the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Any last final thoughts at all eh, about the Holy Spirit? If you were to summarize anything for people that's going to listen for 30 seconds, what would it be? Pentecost
0: is still possible. It's not something that happened 2,000 years ago. It can happen today if you're open to the power of the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen. Amen amen can you can can you pray to the holy spirit for for this mess to be not so much of a mess anymore sure For this show for yes. me for his holy mess yes. to be a little bit of a neater mess sure we can do that all yes. right cool yes. everything is possible then all right all Let right pray yes all right no, no you don't have to pray for that okay all right, I'm kidding, all right. No, I'm i'll pray
0: for the for the people all that right are yeah end this right? in prayer right now let's right? go all right in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen amen Heavenly Father, we ask you in the name of Jesus, your Son, to send the Holy Spirit upon us, upon Father Paul, who is upon all those people that will listen or will watch it, path, because that you may bless them, Lord, that you may give a new um, outpouring of of your Spirit to all of them. We pray especially for the people that may be suffering from anxiety, for uh, those who are suffering from fear, A paralyzing fear that they may be able to invite the Holy Spirit. So I will invite those of you who will listen to this podcast just to repeat with me. All right. Just say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. I invite you.
1: I invite you.
0: To take control. To take control. Over my life. Over my life. Holy Spirit.
1: Holy Spirit.
0: Baptize me. Baptize me with your power, with
1: your power.
0: Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son the of the and of the Holy, holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen.
1: Father Heavey, thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, starting history with me as the very first video podcast in a holy Mass studio. Uh, thank you. What a, a, a holy man you are, a holy priest. And the next um, mass is going to be when? The next healing mass? Next Friday
0: at 7 p.m., Again, 7 p.m. That's May 20... May 27th. Uh, next Friday, 26th. May 26th. May 26th,
1: 2023 at 7 o'clock p.m.
0: Right, and so that people know, so I will continue to have it the last Friday of the month so that people know about it, so that there's consistency. I will aim to have it um, the last Friday of the month. And again, I'm blessed because Father Paul helps me will be another priest i have people from encounter ministries they're doing wonderful things as well so the lord has sent the people to help me with this mission and that is a sign again of the faithfulness of god because you know that when when i started i didn't really have help you were helping me but i didn't have other people to help me god sent the people little by little so that they can help me with this mission because again I cannot do it alone, but God is good and He's faithful.
1: Amen. I am glad that you encountered, encountered. (laughs) All right, everybody. Have a great day. God bless you.
0: God bless you all.